Welcome to the Random Tea Sleepy Hollow podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Janya. And today we're talking about the season one, um, episode five of Sleepy Hollow, which is John Doe. Yes. And it was directed by Ernest R. Dickerson, and it was written by Melissa Blake. Are you giggling about Dickerson? Yes. Okay. I admit it openly and freely. All right. Well, I had a whole thing about sextants last episode. Yes, so true. You, you did. You can have Dickerson. I get my turn. You can have Dickerson. So we have a female writer this time? We do. We is do. this our first one? Um, I think there was a female might have been in the mix and one of the other ones is a co-writer, but I okay. don't know. I'd have to double check on that. Okay. I can, can't remember. It's, it's a new name, I think. I yeah. don't remember. So, um, how'd you, how'd you like this episode? I liked this episode. I didn't like it as much as I liked, uh, The Lesser Key of Solomon, but I think that particular mythology is just more interesting to me yeah. than the, than the Roanoke colony. Um, but I did enjoy it. I did too. I, I really liked it. Um, mm. I love, I am a sucker for his, historical mysteries. So stuff like Roanoke where yeah. they, they don't know what happened, but you can kind of fill in all kinds of stuff, especially when you have magic and whatnot at your disposal. You can fill in all kinds of cool blanks. That's true. So I, I hope we get more of that in this series because I really like the we don't know what happened you know, in history kind of thing. Well, and you don't really get mysteries like this anymore. Mm-mm. I mean, in, in today's world of the internet and the super fast, we know exactly what's going on on the other side of the world within minutes mm-hmm. now uh, with GPS and satellites. And, and we, because, you know, if this were to happen in today's world, we'd know exactly. Of course, we did lose that plane. That's true. Uh, which plane was that? I want to this wasn't Bermuda Triangle. No, no, no. It was uh, it was Indian Ocean, wasn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was just that. I see. I thought that as as terrible and tragic as that story is, I still found it very, very fascinating. And I think a lot of people did because I mean, it got a lot of news coverage because, like you said, it's a tragedy. But so are lots of things that don't get a lot of news coverage. Yeah, but shit like that just don't happen anymore. No, I think I think it's very fascinating to a lot of people. So yeah. for me, this kind of historical mm-hmm. thing was like this was my jam. I know, right? <laughs> And so I did. I did like the Lesser Key of Solomon a little bit better. Well, and also it's another New England myst- It's another New England historical. It's yes. the area. Yes. And so that that was really cool. Although yes. I I did get into some of the um, some of the mileage counts later on. Oh yeah. So I thought that was. We'll, we'll get to that. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I did look into some of this. Okay. Stuff. Well, let's get right in there. Um. So just to get into, right into the recap. Um. We see a little girl. She's gathering. At first, I thought she was gathering flowers, but it was like leaves and shit. She was just yeah, kind of just bits and bobs and and things. Um, I was thinking like really young Abby. Or I thought really so young too. Jenny. I thought so too at first. Um, and I, I was kinda, hoping I wrote in my notes what time of year is this because we thought it was fall. Well, it and it did look kind of springy fall apparently lasts a really long time in sleepy hall because we the blood moon episode which was what three episodes ago uh-huh it was october shouldn't we be like in the dead of winter by now you'd think so but and, and i don't know if maybe because there were supernatural shenanigans going on well you know so um so we see this little girl and um she sees this boy who's clearly in this really old kind of garb um, it's not modern clothes. No. And she wants to play with him. It looks very Ichabod's time. Yeah. And um, she kind of coerces him into chasing her. And all of a sudden the girl disappears. And didn't the, take much coercing, though. It really didn't. 
And um, all of a sudden, the girl disappears, and the boy is being chased down by a horseman. And we know that it's not death because he's got a head. He's got a head and... Uh, and samurai armor. I know. I don't know what that is. Well, but it wasn't almost like a mishmash. The yeah. helmet looked very uh, very samurai, Japanese-ish sort of stuff. And, yeah. like, the arms, the arm pieces looked had that same kind of look, mm-hmm. but, like, the chest piece didn't quite fit it, it seemed very very mishmash yeah I, I don't know what the deal is with mixing the cultures and stuff and the horsemen have no basis in the japanese culture no that i'm aware of no that that might be worth a research oh, now that i have any kind now of, that i've mentioned that um but so we see that it's that it's another horseman um it's not death who we've seen several times um and we move on to uh well the boy the boy runs and um he makes it to the road, which kind of calls back to um, when Ichabod came out of the woods um, when he first woke yeah. up. And as soon as the boy runs to the road, the horseman disappears. He kind of disapparates. So it was very much a callback. Yeah. And so we move on to um, Ichabod is uh, arriving at the cabin with Abby, and they're they're talking about he's going to stay there. It's better than the it's better than the hotel. Yeah, so here we have confirmation that he has been staying at the motel all this time. Right, because these are the things I think about in question. Um, and they have some, they have a little bit of sass over the word spackle, because Abby says we can spackle, spackle over the bullet holes, and he he kind of he's like, yeah, of course we can, and she's like, you know, you can you can say when you don't know a word, um, and I thought that was really cute, because um, we have these you know these little these little bits that kind of just soften the right the madhouse that is this show wait i might be wrong uh-huh yes i did a quick google search with uh the horsemen of the apocalypse in, in japan and apparently ichisumi i'm probably butchering the, the pronunciation uh a geisha that first lived in kuma kumamoto in the year 1893 uh, a.d uh, she was uh, was jealous of the more beautiful and intelligent women around her as she suffered from a severe inferiority complex. Her father was a samurai who would get mad whenever she would fail. And it goes on, stemming from her repressed rage, the disapproval of her father, she savagely, savagely ravaged the other geishas after releasing a swarm of Yuma beetles from her mouth. The beetles consumed thoughts and memories along with flesh, and uh, she would gain... That she would gain when the Beatles returned to her. Wow. Um, this is when her powers first manifested, leading to her collection by Apocalypse as his pestilence. Oh, okay. Pestilence was later seen in some intimate moments with Archangel, who assigned her to guard Psylocke. I just there apparently there is. That's um, really interesting. Pestilence. That's that's the uh, that that turns out to be the horseman we're talking about. Yes, Pestilence was later revealed to be pregnant with Archangel's child, which apparently will be the new apocalypse. I don't know. So we might get a we might get a horse lady. Yes, not this, a horse man. Uh, yeah, they portrayed him as a male, but it was with that Japanese imagery. So that's really interesting. This is the uh, and it is the fourth incarnation, the final horseman. Although we're seeing him second. Yeah. Um, but apparently there is there is a, a connection there. That's really interesting. Good on you, Melissa. Glad you made me look. That's awesome. Because I didn't think to look that up before. Yeah, when I, first I had never heard of anything like yeah. that either. So that's really cool. That was very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Yeah. High five. All right. I'm already like I'm already liking Yay. Melissa. High five. Yeah. Um. So you know they they're sassing each other and one of my favorite wait, wait, things. Wait. But 
and I have to point this out, and you're going to laugh at this, but when okay. the kid steps out into the road, mm-hmm. you notice he's barefoot? Yeah. All I could think was Hobbit. <laughs> of course, that's what you thought. The kid is barefoot like a Hobbit, it says in my notes right oh there. Oh, my gosh. So, so he's in the cabin. So he's in the cabin, and um, he he's trying to open. They're clearly, like, you know, stocking the cabin for him. And he's gnawing yes. at plastic, trying to open trying to open something and abby's like we have scissors and he's he's not a big fan of the plastic to he's begin with he's not a big fan but did you see what was in that particular package no no the razors that he will never that use. well he will never probably because of his prejudice against the packaging he's probably like fuck it i don't ever want to shave again because i'll have to deal with this plastic i thing. know the yellow bath sponge was very the, the bath sponge was I really cute um <laughs> So, yes, we see yet another Ichabod versus the modern world. And he asks Abby if his clothes are, um, if he if he doesn't need to change his clothes. And I kind of, uh, I thought, oh, God, I see a makeover montage in our future. Yeah, I was a little concerned because we, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, how much we, we like his clothes. Yes. Yes. So, uh, although... Part of me does want to see a makeover sequence, but part of me is like, Ichabod looks great the way he is, and I and I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it yeah is I had to I backed it up and rewatched it. It is in fact a a yeah. razor. And and for me, whereas Tom Tom's a very handsome man, when I Tom see Eisen, him, yeah. yeah, when I see him clean, it's not shaven, the Tom I was thinking, but yeah, no, when I see him clean shaven. And, and short with, hair. And with the short hair, it's kind of just... It's jarring. And so I, I prefer Icky this way. So I'm, I'm okay if he doesn't get a makeover. Yeah, uh, Tom and Ichabod are two totally different people. It's the yeah. same guy, but yeah. they're two totally different looking people. Yeah. So it's... Acting. Yeah, acting. Um, and so uh, Abby hears a call over the scanner. For an RA. For an RA. What is an RA? Run away. Uh, Okay, I did not know. I was like, I don't know what an RA I, is. Yeah, it's RA. It's okay. That makes sense. Because the little boy, he's yeah. tag. I guess they're calling. It. That's what I'm. I'm assuming. Okay. I, I thought you had some like. No, I'm just. Of, I'm just making it up. Oh, okay. It makes sense. It an RA. Really good. Didn't it though? Yeah. I won't give myself away next time. <laughs> so uh, this, they found a boy, and Abby volunteers to. Um, she says she's close by, and so she'll she'll take the call. And, um, which I thought was funny because by the time she gets there, there's like 16 other cops there. And it's not her kind of call. It's not. But she doesn't seem to be in a specific division. She's not in homicide. She's not in vice. She's not. Yeah. So major crimes. Whatever. Well, she keeps referring to it as a small town. Yeah. So that's fine. So, um, Ichabod insists on coming and she says that it's just a routine call and he makes a really pointed comment like, is anything routine anymore? He will not let her go alone. Nope, I like it. I like it a lot. Because he's icky. Because he's icky. And he's, she's, she's Abby. That's right. And if she goes anywhere, he'll just yell to try to find her. Yeah, we, would, we wouldn't have a show. So yeah. Script. <laughs> so um, the, uh, they found the boy wandering around, and he passed out in the street, and then they called, they called you know, an ambulance in. And, um, you know, Ichabod's kind of off on his own, and um, Morales sidles up to abby and he makes some just ass comments about her um having to babysit ichabod 
And I kind of think that he was, like, trying to search for her being like, yeah, man, it's such a drag that we have to spend all this time together. Yeah, he was fishing. He was fishing, and she shuts him down. Yeah, he was looking for some validation for himself, I suppose. Because we, I think, didn't we learn in the past that the only reason they broke up was because she was going to Quantico? Yeah. And now she's not going to Quantico. Right. And he's... And he sees her palling around with Ichabod. Yeah. and dude's just a jerk. He is. I just, I don't like him nah. at all. And he's he's very one-dimensional. Yeah, his character is very shallow. Yeah, like, I'm to the point where I don't think we're supposed to like him. He has no backstory to speak of. Yeah. Other than he dated Abby, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. So, I just, mm, I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Um, so, it turns out that the boys' veins are, they're all black and um which i know it wasn't like a really schmancy effect but i thought it was kind of cool i thought it was better than some of the other effects they've done i mean because you don't have to be really fancy to to look kind of cool and and menacing so um and he he does the boy does wake up and we find out that he is speaking middle english and of course ichabod knows middle of course he does he knows all the languages in the world which Uh. i did look and they were really stretching um the uh the the story we get later is late 1580s and um the the consensus for middle english is that it kind of ended around 1580 the research i found just said late 15th century so yeah i i kind of got some specifics and i know some of that varies from scholar to scholar but so i think they they in were, region to region yeah but they i think they were reaching with the middle english but you know just a little bit Enough that I can be like, okay, I'll take that. But it plays into the right time frame. Yes, it does. They're, they're closer than a lot of other crap they've done. That's true. And I think they really wanted to make it to where the boy was isolated and only Ichabod could communicate with him. Yeah. It, so, it worked. It yeah. worked. So, but I, that was just, I, I looked that up. If you didn't look too deeply. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. It worked on the surface. So, so um. Abby, we, we go to the uh, we go to the um, police station, and Abby is searching for the boy in a missing children's database, and um, Ichabod's kind of kind of shocked that this many children go missing. Yeah, I don't um, know if he fully understands the scope of how big the United States is. How now. big the population is? Yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not sure if he quite grasps that. No. Um, and uh, the boy is in the hospital, and they, nobody knows what's wrong with him. No, they they refer to him as a John Doe, mm-hmm. and Abby and I found this interesting. Abby starts to explain to him what a John Doe is, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that that was a term coined long before my time." Yeah. So of course I had to go and look that up. Of course you did. And yes, John Doe, uh, often spelled D O O, along with Richard Rowe, R O O. Think Roe and Wade. Ah, okay. That actually is Rose the name and that they use. R-O- What's well, R-O-E? Okay. It's, it's Roe and Wade. That They did use that name specifically in the Roe versus Wade case as an, an, as an, an anonymous okay, name. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and they were regularly invoked in English legal instruments um, back in the 1300s. Wow, that, that goes really way really was a thing. They no longer, uh, the British no longer actually use the term John Doe. Uh, that's purely mostly American and uh, Canadian. Um, in England, they use uh, more John Smith okay. now. Um, but I thought that that I never knew that I that was the origin I of John that Doe. That's really cool. Um, he does go on to mention that uh, he talks about how he knows Middle, Engl- Middle English, mm-hmm. and he refers to the Canterbury Tales. Yes, it actually was. Yes, it was written in Middle English. So. And it's really cool because um, 
I had a professor in college that spoke Old English. Really? And he would recite stuff to us, and it it sounds as foreign as foreign can get. That's so fascinating. And it sounded really, the Middle English sounded really cool. I had cool. Spanish teachers, so, <laughs> or the, oh, I had French. The Middle English sounded really cool because you could hear, you could hear, I, I, at least I think I could, hear pieces where it sounded a little German. Well, it sounded a little, yeah. you know, so that, that was kind of cool to hear that. I like yeah. that. That is real. Language is so, you know, when, um, back in my, my early days of college, uh-huh. uh, I was looking into, originally was going to school to be a nurse, and then I was going to switch to anthropology, and I was going to go into linguistic anthropology, because I just thought it was so fascinating. It didn't pan out for me, but <laughs> I just really, I was, I really thought it was so cool. It's really interesting. Because I didn't really want to go out and dig up, like, sites and you know dig up archaeology sites and that just outside but uh i thought that (laughs) studying uh linguistics and the archaeology of linguistics was just so cool yeah that is. so this really really speaks to me yeah and that's and you notice i looked it up too because it was i just thought it was really interesting language is just cool it is it's really cool um i just know the one (laughs) yeah woo english uh (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes i don't even know that but it's no, okay. Either. It's okay. Um, so, you know, they don't know what's wrong with, with this kid. And Frank is not a happy bunny. And, of course, he's generally not very happy about, about these he's not. goings on. Yeah. Because, you know, it's more stuff that he doesn't quite understand. Um, and he's really not sure why this kid is speaking a dead language. No. And um, Frank this time does get the CDC involved. He calls the CDC this time as opposed to back when the, the woman's eye exploded. Yeah, apparently that wasn't sand. weird enough. Yeah. Um, well, the kid's still alive, though. That woman was dead. That's true. That's true. And this true. kid is still alive, so. You know. Good, we'll go with it. Whatever. Ju- that's his judgment. Yes. Um, And he wants Ichabod to question the boy, since apparently Ichabod's the only one that can communicate with him. Right. And Ichabod accepts the concept of the CDC, Center for Disease Control, and he takes the... It's literal is what it... I mean, it is the center. It's to control disease. Mm-hmm. And Ichabod picks up on that really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, he accepts that, like, okay. Yeah, you're starting to see him uh, accepting the modern world a little more readily. Yeah. He's he's understanding more, which I thought was cool. Um, And, uh, you know, Abby talks to Morales again. Or is it... it No, it's Frank. It's Frank. Um, He tries to go the Frank route, and he says there is, quote-unquote, talk about Crane. And Frank basically shuts him down. So, yeah, my notes right here says Morales is an asshole. Yep. Totes jealous. Yep. Irving calls him on it. Yep. Good job. Good note taking. Er, I mean, Irving literally was like, mm, none your business. Yeah. That's quality summarization right there. Yeah. I, I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, they set up this mega quarantine around this, around this poor For little reals. boy. And, um... Ichabod is going to interview him via a camera setup, which I also <laughs> thought he took rather well, aside from s- sitting way too close right to the camera. Right up into it. Abby had to back him off a little bit. Well, he was trying to speak into, I guess yeah. he thought that the camera piece yeah. was like a microphone. Yeah, but I thought he, overall, he, t- he took that rather well. I thought well. he did well. Um, so, you know, I, I just, this kind of broke my heart a little bit because this poor the little The scared kid, little boy. I know. Yes, and I have children. Yeah. And 
it did it broke my heart this Aww. poor scared little boy yeah and he's all curled up on this bed but he does um, he's weak he does talk to ichabod um and it turns out his uh name is thomas gray or tomas tomas as the way he pronounces it and um he mentions that he knows he wasn't supposed to leave and follow the girl but he did um and ichabod thinks that he is um, more lost than the victim of a kidnapping. Yeah, Abby seems to be convinced that it's some kind of kidnapping um, yeah. or that she talks about that there were people and monsters who would keep children caged up. With rules for not running away or right. anything like that. Um, she, even, uh, she even speculates that perhaps uh, these people taught this little boy this language so that he couldn't communicate with other people. Yeah. Which I thought that was an interesting detail. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you... That, and that's why that that's what Frank's big question is: How is this kid speaking a dead language? Right. So well, there's an explanation for it. Yeah. So good on Abby. So um, this boy says that he's from Roanoke. Roanoke. And everybody jumps on that because they're like, "Oh, Roanoke, Virginia, let's go, let's call all the law enforcement. This is we know where this kid's from." And of course, Ichabod is like, "Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure." Yeah, no, he I don't think the, you do. I think he means the Lost Colony of okay. Roanoke. Okay, so. Do I get to talk about Maroanoke? Yes, because it's, it's history time. Yes, because Ichabod explains about the Roanoke colony yes. from 1587, yep. which it is. Uh, he says that it was uh, first with uh, Governor John White and his granddaughter Virginia Dare uh, was the first uh, American-born British person. In the colonies. Which, in the colonies, which it is all right except it was not the first attempt right to establish a colony in uh in the states actually it was the raleigh's uh it was originally financed and organized by sir humphrey gilbert who drowned in 1583 just a few years before uh during an aborted attempt to colonize saint john's newfoundland okay uh his half that's that's up in canada eh? right his half brother sir walter raleigh uh, later oh. gained the charter from the queen and subsequently executed uh, more details of the charter through his delegates, Ralph Lane and Richard Greenville, who are Raleigh's distant cousins. Okay. Um, so the final group of colonists disappeared during the Anglo-Spanish War, three years mm-hmm. after the last shipment of supplies from England. So that would be the Roanoke colony. But they right. were the final group. Uh, they were the final of the first of if the that first makes group. right, yeah. if that makes any sense. So that was fifteen ninety when they disappeared, right? So I guess they were the first successful. Well, I don't know that well, we call that successful. True, disappeared. Uh, but they actually made it. Yes, yes. To to America, and they did actually build like homesteads and stuff. Yes, they had homes. That's um, what made it all the all the weirder. Right, and that was in fact in fifteen eighty seven. In fact, uh, Virginia Dare was born uh, August eighteenth, fifteen eighty seven. So. This is this is something that it's always fascinated me, because there are crazy theories. There are semi plausible. Oh yeah. Um, there was there was one thing I was reading about where um, somebody thinks that that they found tablets that were written by I think it was Virginia Dare's mom. Oh yeah, the stones, the yeah, Eleanor stones? The stones. Oh yeah, I was reading I all mean, about that. There's some there's some wild out there theories. And then there's there's some more plausible ones, but it, I mean it goes back to there's no archaeological evidence or historical evidence to really say what happened to these people, and that's no. fascinating. And and uh, if you look back, and when they came back 
to where the colony was located, the houses were disassembled. So it wasn't just a sudden up and like nobody attacked. Yeah. Nobody. Uh, and there were no bodies. No, there were no bodies. Um, so it's like they just relocated themselves, which and then from what I've read, I've come to my personal my personal headcanon. Okay. Historical hand cannon headcanon is that they ended up um, with some of the, the locals, the, the local natives and whatnot, and whether those natives might have uh, killed some of them, um, but they were taken in, and whether we can't they, find any descendants of them because they were, uh, for lack of a better term, bred. Assimilated. Assimilated, into, yeah, yeah, into these groups. So that seems to be the most plausible. Yeah. Uh, there were the Croatoan. There's the Croatoan. Yeah, I was waiting for you to pick it because I saw that word and I was like, "Oh my God, yes, she's going to find this." This is the the the, the Croatoan, which and uh, for for those of you guys who don't know, um, on Supernatural, uh, <laughs> the Croatoan is this post-apocalyptic virus. Yes, and so I just thought that was very interesting that it it's, was used in in reference to this, which is yes. in a show about the apocalypse. It's also a location. Oh, Croatoan okay. is uh, Croatoa is actually. Uh, let me see if I can. But I just. Uh, this man this kind of stuff is my jam i i really like it it's really interesting um you know historians have studied it for years um they found this map that might have that that looks like it was overlaid with some other um paper to kind of obscure some of the markings and they found a map in roanoke that might have been a um or a map of the area that might have shown a fort um so it was just there there's just so much conjecture there's there's just fodder for something like Sleepy Hollow to take this and turn it into something creepy and cool, which they did. It, yeah, Croatoan, uh, they carved the word into a fence, and then C-R-O was carved uh-huh. into a nearby tree. Well, before uh, White left to go back home to plead for supplies and whatnot from the, from the queen, uh, he told them that if anything happened to him, that they should carve a Maltese cross in a tree nearby, Mm -hmm. uh, indicating their disappearance had been forced. Well, that it's not. There was no cross. It was the Croatoan. So he took this to mean they had moved to Croatoan Island. Okay. It was a location. Uh, But he was unable to conduct a search at that time. There was a massive storm, and his men refused to go any further. Okay. And and I'm, I'm guessing, you know, historians have tried to go that route. Oh, sure, well, sure. They're still, they still can't find anything. So, long story short, it's super mystery. Um, so, you know, um, Abby doesn't buy the fact that, 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 well, this no. is, that this is them. She's still not quite on board. No, and Crane just makes the deduction that they move, they relocated to Sleepy Hollow. And that's when I got, that's when I got Google Maps out. Um, and the shortest modern route... And, and I'm sure they would have followed the coastline, and, and it's kind of coastline-esque, is over 500 miles. The settlers themselves, yes. that you're saying? Yes. 500 miles between Roanoke... And Sleepy Hollow. In three years? Wow. Because it was three years before he made it back. Yeah. Because uh, he left late in 1587, and he didn't make it back until 1590. Yep. Yeah. That seems like an awful long way to go. Yeah, but we don't... We, we still don't know why they left yeah. where they were. Right. Though they were short on provisions. We do know that. Yeah, but we'll get to why the, why the, uh, why the show thinks they moved. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, um, so Frank calls 
uh, and the condition afflicting Thomas is spreading. We've got some hospital staff members. The EMT is afflicted. um, And we see the EMT in a bed. Like, he's kind of um, seizing. And he gets a flash of the horseman uh, behind the medical staff who are treating him. Yeah, apparently suddenly he's in the woods. Yeah, and I I got that he died. I got the impression that he was dead. It could have been a seizure, I suppose. But I think he was, he died. I got the impression that he died. Yeah. Um, so, or the horsewoman, if we don't know, know, we don't know, we don't know, equal opportunity, absolutely, absolutely, harbingers of the apocalypse. Um, so Abby and Crane head to where the boy was first spotted, yes, and um, they have a nice little conversation about Jefferson and Adams. And at first, like, (laughs) Abby asks him who's more sarcastic, and he's like, I'm not gonna answer, I'm not saying, and then he. Then he gives us the little the little nugget of history that um, Jefferson liked puns. Like me. And Adams liked dirty limericks. Like you. No. Yes. Wait. Well, sure, I we'll like, go with it. I like puns and dirty limericks. I'm all about them. Um, and I just thought it was really cute. And I, it's probably, I don't know that there's any historical foundation for that, but it was just really cute. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother to look that up. Um, and we find out that Ichabod has some mad tracking skills. I know, I'm thinking like Daryl Dixon mad tracking skills here. And at first, I was ex- I was really expecting the, I learned it from the Indian shtick. Yeah. But um, she asks, and he learned it through uh, fox hunting. Yes. His, par- so we, his father was, was a nobleman. Yeah, so we learn a little bit about Ichabod before uh, he came over to America. Yeah. But I do want to say that spider web mm-hmm. that he's talking about, oh, it's broken off here, right mm-hmm. about the height. Okay, that uh, spider web is about as real as the spider tattoo on my chest. <laughs> um, it is so bad. <laughs> like, it's not, it's, oh, man, it's not even, it's not shiny. It's not, it doesn't have any little drops of, of any kind dew of or dew anything. or nothing on it. It looks like freaking string. It probably was. It was bad. <laughs> it bothered me. It bothered you. So bad. It's okay. It can bother you. Okay. So um, we see Morales, and he clearly doesn't want to let this Ichabod thing go. Um, his partner does, though. His partner's Did you catch like, the partner's name? He's named no. at some point. He's, na- but... he's named in IMDb, but I don't care enough okay. to find yeah, out. Yeah, me either. Um, and his partner's like, dude, the captain pretty much told you to drop it, so you need to drop it. And he's totally right. He is. And he wants to make some calls before uh. he meets his partner at the hospital, which is what Irving told them to do. So we see some more. We see the tracking. Um, now, the mimosa Pedusia he talks about. I had yes, to go, the I had flower. To go, I had to go the the, pl- or yeah, the plant. the plant that curls up it's when the, touched by a human. It's a fern looking thing. We yeah. know what a mimosa yeah. is. Uh, we have a lot of those around here. Um, and he talks about how it, uh, at the human touch, it shrinks for days. Well, mm-hmm. I had to go look that up. Yeah. Uh, it does do that, mm-hmm. um, but it only lasts for minutes. Okay. It does not last for actual days. Okay, so they extended that out. I'm, I'm okay with that. We can handle, it is, yeah. you know, there's horsemen running around yeah. without heads. I can accept a plant. That's true. Change. It's um, okay. So they find footprints from what they think is this evil girl that he saw. And a hobbit. Because <laughs> he was barefoot. He was barefoot. And, she, and these, these footprints had and he's, clearly with shoes. Yeah, and he's running around. Like, he was running. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we go back to the hospital, and two more people have been infected. Um, but everyone is worse than Thomas is. Yeah, everybody else, it's, they're contracting it much quicker. And they've tested his blood, and they found out that he's 
doesn't have some antibodies that he should have, and he has some that nobody else has, and also they can show that he's never been vaccinated. Boy, ain't from around here. Nope. So we do have some proof that he is not. Yes. From Sleepy Hollow. Yes, he is an other. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Ichabod tracks some more, and they make it to a stream, and he thinks that the answer is on this tiny island not really far into the stream. No, I wouldn't say it's more than 15 feet. Yeah, and even Abby's like that tiny little island. And he's like, yes, we need to go there. And he gets that bell stick. Yeah. And he gets all, he crouches down, and you're expecting something to happen. And he just, whoop! Yeah. Right on into the water. And you're like, okay, maybe not. And so he finds this secret bridge by looking at some carvings on the tree, which he's, I, I just go back to, man, he's way more observant than I am. I had to rewind it three times. To find out. To see it. Oh, what, to see the marking? Well, just, I want, I watched it, and it goes by so quick mm-hmm. to see them. And it's uh, it's almost like an asterisk. Okay. And part of it's on the tree right here. And I have a little bit of depth perception issues. But you can see half of, like, the left-hand side of this little asterisk-looking symbol on the tree in the foreground. And then in the background, you see the other half of it. And it lines up, but just for a second, just long enough for it to go boom, and that's uh, it. Okay. So it's hard to see, but so it's, it's there. So it's the two marks in conjunction with each yeah, other. Yeah, so there's one in front, there's one, so if you, there's like, there's a tree on the island. Okay. And then there's a tree on the bank. Okay. And when they line up, that's where it is. So that apparently means secret bridge in... I thought it was pretty cool, though. In Mysterious Tree Markings 101. Uh, I thought it was cool, too. I learned that in fox hunting. Okay, yeah. That I never did. Yeah, that's totally a fox hunting thing. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, they they go across the stream with this, this hidden bridge, and they did indeed find the lost colony. Dun, dun, dun. And, um, but all the people have the same infection. They have the black veins that Thomas has, but they don't seem sick. Their reaction to... Well, Ichabod does look more like them, I guess. Yeah. But to Abby, they yeah. don't. And she's carrying that gun on. And once she gets there, her hand goes straight to that gun. She's got gun. She's got pants. And she's a black woman. Yeah. So, But they don't seem to react to her. They Someone calls, they're here. They are here. Yeah. In this, they in, translate it with the Middle in English. Middle English, yeah. But there's no, uh, There's they're not scared. There's no uproar. It's very yeah. calm. Like yeah. they expected them almost. Yeah. So you have to wonder how aware they are of the outside right. world. Right. Well, we learn more. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that the original colony was cursed by pestilence, which they've, who is conquest? Who is conquest? And I don't understand that. I don't get it either. Because I've always only ever heard that horseman referred to as pestilence. Right. Let me see if I can find some reference with that. So, um, so the whole the whole colony was cursed by pestilence, and um, when it first happened, little Virginia Dare died. But who who was um, if you guys remember was the first uh, the first one of the settlement born on you know on American soil. Um, or what later became American soil. Right, and she was approximately three years old when the colony was colony was found missing. Yeah. I don't know how to explain that. I did do a little digging on Virginia Dare. Yeah. Um, got something interesting. Okay, hit me with it. Okay. They talk about uh, how the spirit of Virginia Dare has been protecting them. Yeah, and, and from, led them to Sleepy led Hollow. Led them there uh, with the pestilence. So I did a little digging on her just to see what kind of, uh, what I could come up with. And um, what I found was in the more than 400 years since her birth, Virginia Dare has become a prominent figure in American myth and folklore, as, okay. as you would, uh, representing different things to different people. 
A 2000 article in Piedmont Triad, North Carolina, Mm -hmm. News and Record, noted that for many Americans, particularly Southerners, she symbolizes innocence and purity, new beginnings, promise, and hope, as well as adventure and bravery in a new land. Dang. She also symbolizes mystery because of her mysterious fate. But new beginnings, promise, hope, adventure, bravery, new land. Yeah, that, that line's Perfect. right up. That's really neat. I so, thought that was way cool. So, you know, this spirit, this little, I mean, so she's, at most, she's three years old. Um, so when she dies, we, I yeah. mean, she could have been older. She dies somewhere between, you know. She's young. Yeah, so she's very young, and she apparently, I'm, I'm guessing she just, guides them with points and you know whatever yeah when i try to think of the mechanics of a little baby spirit leading people 500 miles it just you know um but she leads them to safety near sleepy hollow and which wasn't even sleepy hollow then um and the symptoms can't bother them while they're in this area right and the horsemen wanted to spread the pestilence and the only way to stop it is to uh bring thomas back before it's too late so, spreading this pestilence is, is the horseman's gateway into the world. Um, so, Ichabod sees a lot of commonality between him and these colonists. They're both stuck in time, um, even though they're a good 200 years earlier than him. Right. And, um, you know, so I, I kind of got the sense right away that I'm like, ooh, this has got to be kind of a little bit of a lure for him. I know. I got that idea too. Yeah. I felt that, like he had a connection. Yeah. To this he can this speak place. Their language. It was more familiar to him. It was more comfortable. Yeah. I I did find something. Uh, pestilence is actually referred to, in Revelations, uh, as the as conqueror. Uh, he was the first mm-hmm. of the horsemen, and Revelations six one through two, in the New American Standard Bible reads uh, then i saw the lamb broke one of the seven seals and i heard one of the four living creatures which would be the four horsemen saying as with a voice of thunder come i looked and behold a white horse and he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer so so he is originally the conquest I but he's also the white been horse referred to deaths. Pale horse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Death rode the pale horse. Which how that's different from white horse, I don't know. Because it's funny because in in popular culture we always see death on a white horse specifically. Right. Um. But conquest. So conquest was his original. I, I say original. Uh. But pestilence is more a pop culture. Okay. Okay. Reference. Um. As the infectious. See under uh interpretation the first horseman is called pestilence associated with infectious disease. It appears as early, uh, at least as early as 1906. Okay, as pestilence. So, uh, as pestilence. So, before, in the time of Roanoke, he would have been called conquest. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. The interpretation is, it's a common popular culture, I'm not really sure. Uh, The origin of the interpretation is unclear, it says here. Uh, Some translations of the Bible mention plague in connection with the writers in the passage following the introduction of the fourth writer but the fourth writer was death so it's it's convoluted but they're it's, all just bad yeah. guys yeah but i guess in more modern and you know when you're talking about the origins of the bible modern is such a relevant term yeah. that uh disease 
is yeah. so much more scarier. Yeah. it's It's been so mysterious for most of our history. So that's the pestilence equals conquest okay. debate. Good, because I was th- that confused me. Yeah, it was. A, it is very weird because when you, I always think when you think conquest, I'm thinking, isn't that war? Yeah, that. When I try to name the four horsemen, I always think conquest is war. Yeah, that and that's me. So thank you for clearing that up. I don't know that I cleared it up, but there it is. Now at least I know it's that something. They're semi interchangeable. <laughs> um, so they're they're back in the village. Um. And Abby sees the horseman at the edge of the village, and it kind of just hammers home that they don't have a lot of time here. Okay, but that little girl at the well yeah. was way spooky. Yeah, with the with the flower that she just yeah, I don't know what that was about. And Abby's like, "No, I'm good, thanks. No, I'm good." <laughs> um, so one of the hospital workers has been in, another one has been infected. Yeah, um, we see a tear in the suit. That was not a defect in the suit do you think because that that seemed very i didn't get to the me. feel of that i felt like it was it was like what? it was intentional like, yeah ah. yeah yeah that's what i thought too um so now we find out at, we're back at the hospital and ichabod is now infected and they're taking him into quarantine well and the th- his his theory is that he contracted it uh, not at the colony but when he but first when he first encountered tomas and if all the other people there who've been in contact with with the little boy contracted it and it advanced really really quickly, mm-hmm. Ichabod it it was very slow. Well, and Abby didn't get it. Well, and but he didn't. But Ichabod was all when he was talking to the little boy, he was yeah, on top. If of If we're him. talking about real pestilence, it should pass from person to person, not just from yeah. Because Ichabod has been around at that way. Yeah. That's true. So Abby didn't get infected. Script. It, it was yeah, it in wasn't the, in the script. It was so. in the script. They what didn't else? read that part. No, it got cut. <laughs> but uh, the fact that uh, Crane or Ichabod was contracting same person. Yeah, was contracting it. Uh, it was moving slower. Yeah, could possibly speak to his blood panel, his history of lack of vaccination, or his time travel mojo. Uh, you know, there's that whole time travel thing too. So, so you know, but it did it. The fact that it affected him differently. Yeah, I thought was a good detail. And um, Abby is just really upset that he's being quarantined. And my other question is, okay, so Abby's not exhibiting any symptoms. Why aren't we quarantining her, too? And I know we don't for the sake of the story because then both, <laughs> both our heroes would be, you know, in the hospital. Well, then that's the end of the show. Yeah. So, but I just I just thought I was like, bad on you, CDC. Right. Um, so, Ichabod is, he has this vision of Katrina and we, she says that um, if he's there with her, it means he's dead or almost dead. Yeah, we're, Katrina's been gone for a while. We haven't seen her it's just in a day. It's just been one episode. Eh, feels like a lot longer, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Because we got her in Blood Moon warning about the witch. Yeah, right there at the beginning, and that was about it. Yeah. Oh, she wasn't in, um, she wasn't in Lesser Case Solomon, either. No, so that's two so episodes. Been two episodes, yeah. yeah. Just seems like a lot. I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't that. care for her. I don't know. Um, so... Then we go to Morales, and he gets a call from Oxford that confirms Crane's cover story that he is a professor, and he is on sabbatical, working with the Westchester County Police Department, and we get no explanation as to who backed him up. Who on earth Yeah, is that? Because he called Oxford. Oxford like the for real, as far as we know, the for real Oxford. And I, I remember bits of this, so when we, go, when we were going back for the rewatch, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pay a lot closer attention and at first i thought but her voice is very mechanical it's like it was yolanda it was like it was yolanda from it was yolanda that's it that's my head it was yolanda i kind of thought 
at first, you know, if she just confirms that, yes, a Professor Ichabod Crane worked here, then it would be like, and then the, the, the beat is you don't hear that it was like, oh, it was 250 years ago. But she confirms that he is on he sabbatical. He is now currently, and that's where he is. Yeah. On loan to, the, to yeah. that police department. So I just thought that was interesting. And we get no clue as to who did that for him. Right. And if we could back up just a second. Uh, purgatory. Yes. Um, I thought they did really well in the description mm-hmm. of what purgatory is. Mm-hmm. Although I, I do believe it wasn't that long ago that the Catholic Church decided purgatory no longer existed. Really? Uh, no, it was limbo. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, limbo. Okay. It was limbo that the Catholic Church decided no longer. How they can decide these things, I don't know. Um, Pope? But yeah, Pope hey, is, whatever. Uh, it wasn't infallible. the current sitting Pope. It was the one before it. Okay. I think I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Okay. I'm just talking out my ass now, I think. Um, but purgatory. Uh, let's get, because purgatory is different from limbo. Right. Um, I think the description that Katrina gave of purgatory was dead, dead on, for okay. lack of a better but no pun intended pun totally intended totally intended um and the fact that uh she's okay those spirits over there they're moving on we're all Mm -hmm. trapped here uh that is a a very good description of what purgatory is it's an in-between world yeah and she says that moloch's in charge of it so yeah so this this fallen angel demon demigod thing (laughs) with horns is in charge of purgatory and has trapped katrina there yes so uh, this is our first indication that she's trapped somewhere and it's not just that Ichabod's talking to her ghost somehow. Right. And the whole Moloch uh, purgatory connection is uh, unique to Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Uh, you don't see it anywhere I'm else? I'm not seeing every Google search reference. It all references Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow, it's Sleepy Hollow. It's all children's sacrifice and blood. <laughs> well, if you do a search for Moloch in purgatory, yeah. it's all Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So... All right, well, they made him landlord of purgatory. Hey, somebody's got to do it. There you go. Why not me? I would be so cool at that. <laughs> you would. You, go to hell. You would be a very good purgatory landlord. You, you stay here. <laughs> I like you. You're cute. I like you. You're cute. Benny? <laughs> Benny, is that you? That's a reference to Benny Lafayette. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Not to be confused with Benedict. Sorry. Okay. You yeah. were going the Benedict way, I weren't was. you? I was. I was yeah. like, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Sorry. No, I was going the Bene- <laughs> ben- uh, Benny Lafayette. Who's Who is in purgatory, according to Yes. We think. Isn't he? I don't know. Shit. It's been like 10 seasons. Know. I don't know. I know, right? I don't know where anybody is anymore. I don't think they know where anybody is. I don't think they do either. That's another podcast. That's a whole nother. <laughs> that we aren't recording. That we aren't, no. Mm-hmm. We ain't got time for that shit. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. So um, Sorry. So Abby wants to take uh, Tomas and Ichabod out, and she pleads with Frank for help, and he just flat out denies it. Yeah. And yeah. so. And she it's, she's sitting there, and she's looking at the monitor of Icky, and it's just so. I don't, and my heart kind of broke for her. She felt really desperate to me. When she feels alone, she's yeah. got to. Yeah. Where's Jenny? She must still be at Terrytown, I guess. Yeah, because we haven't gotten her out yet. Right. Um, so, uh, she decides to take things in her own hands, and she, she looks like she's about to do something really stupid, and she kind of ducks in, and it turns out she's in the chapel. Which she's trying to avoid. She's supposed to report to Morales. Right. And she sees him and avoids him. Yeah. By ducking into the chapel. Yeah, and so she she says, all right, and she kind of goes down to kind of pray and kind of <laughs> That's rant. so me. That would so be me. And she asks for a sign, and almost Emphatically. she's like, yep, I'm not getting one. But um, 
then she sees a woman come in and she looks at the lady using the holy water as you as some people do and she starts to and that kind of is a spark um of a thought and so we move back to purgatory and katrina thinks she knows why she's trapped but before she can tell him anything of any <laughs> note, because apparently that's Katrina's M.O. I cannot stand the Katrina storyline. I just, I it's feel like so... she can't, she's not giving him any straight information. It's like the Morales one. It's so two-dimensional. Yeah. And um, so before she can tell him anything more, he wakes up. Yeah. And so Abby goes back to Frank again, and she's like, listen, I think the spring water around the colony will cure them um you gotta let me take them back and frank does agree to help this time right she's got more of a solid basis for if you can call some phantom colony hiding on this island over here uh yeah solid uh but this is the first time we see abby believing on her own yeah it's not ichabod's telling her about it and she has to believe it it's not jenny telling her about it she has to believe it. it no she's not this is her own it's her uh, for lack of it, her original thought. Right. Her uh, her faith or whatever. Her, her taking the idea of this, uh, for lack, I just, the this other world, this yeah. new world that she's being exposed to, and she's taking that, bits and pieces of that logic, and bringing it into the world that she knows, and putting the pieces together on her own. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And it's real, I thought it was, I was very excited to see that. I was too. I, I really liked that. And um, so Frank agrees to help her, and really against the rules for frank this is is this this is the first time he really just steps way over he doesn't just kind of put a toe to the line he just steps right on over he's like we're gonna tell the cdc they're gonna go here and then you're gonna take them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so frank frank took a big step forward too he did so we see a lot a leap of faith where she's she's being logical and putting pieces together he's taking a leap yes because he knows a lot less than even abby does he doesn't want to know though no he doesn't and so they head to the woods, and um, Ichabod's struggling, Tomas is struggling, and Ichabod... Tomas is practically unconscious. Yeah, and Ichabod falls down, and he tells her to go on and then get the colonists to come get him, which is a really stupid idea. such a bad idea. Didn't and we see what happened with Tomas? I know, right? And so Abby... This is like throwing the book in with the demons. Yes. Just, bad idea. <laughs> bad. And, um, and so Abby's like, yeah, fuck that. You're going to come with me. <laughs> have some adrenaline and he likes that shit as much as he likes caffeine he man like it he's like i like this um so you know we we get that the, the horseman is closing in on the village and crane takes tomas and he um just makes fully, a run for the border he does <laughs> fully submerges himself in this well or spring or whatever that they have in the village which how deep does that thing have to, well i guess it's, apparently it's it was a, ichabod a, deep apparently which is about six feet and they stay under um, for a good little while, and then, but they emerge healed. No, and the horsemen th- evaporate. Th- th- now, water as a healing property is seen in so many different mythologies in so many different ways. I didn't bother even looking that up because yeah, it's that's all it's over a, the place. It's a thing. Yeah. So um, Abby was totally right, and um, you get a you get like a little moment of them being right, and then the colony disappears. And the the well, it's all overgrown mm-hmm. and busted. And And everything's overgrown. And so they said that the colony was dead all along. And Thomas, Tomas, I can say it, uh, was was dead. So they they rescued a dead boy, which is kind of saddening. Which 
Abby makes a point of saying everybody saw him. We all interacted with yes. him. So I don't really know how all that works. Well, you know, script. Yeah. It, it was in the script. Because um, okay, I, I would have ex- I, I would have accepted it more readily if the colony had just disappeared and they would be like, okay. oh, we solved the mystery or whatever. How about this? What if they're in pur- what if they're part of purgatory? They're dead, but they're not dead. They all bled through though to, to yeah, our world. But that was pestilence, or that's true. that was pestilence to doing, try to spread to br- because they were being they're in, they're being protected by Virginia Dare, as they say. Um, but what if she didn't lead them to another location? What if she led them to purgatory to protect them? That actually is and really then, interesting because um, if you if you read um, Dante's Inferno, one of the um, you know where he categorizes everybody that goes to hell as you do. Um, one of the pl- one of the things one of the things that goes into purgatory are unbaptized babies mm-hmm. and virtuous pagans. I thought that was limbo. Limbo. That was purgatory. At least in Dante. Okay, well, this is Dante. Okay, um, Dante's world. I'll accept his hand cannon. So, I find that really interesting because, theoretically, Virginia Dare could have been young enough to die without being baptized. So, that's... Age of three? Well, we don't know how old she is when she dies. And we don't know about her baptism. Right. We know nothing. Right. John Snow. So, I just... that That's kind that's, of interesting. That's something. But, uh, but you see where I'm going with that. Yeah. That she didn't actually... Leave, but she led them there and then... If Moloch's in charge of purgatory, and he could he's take trying the colony to, out to try to let pestilence out, and he's trying to help pestilence release the plague, yeah, that all kind of works together. Yeah, ish. I don't think it was I, explained really well. No, but, but I can make it work. Yeah, yeah. You can make lots of stuff work. I can make anything work. <laughs> so we apparently find the out, show does. <laughs> we find out that Abby's faith is what allowed her to stop the plague, and um. And so, like, you made a really good point. This is her faith completely 100% by herself. Yeah, this is her own doing. She, yeah, because she came to this conclusion on her own without without Ichabod's help. So, right. Or um, Jenny's or yeah. any or Corbin's yeah. or anyone else's. She This was her and her so, alone. And I thought that was uh, a big victory on her part. Yeah. Also, it sinks her deeper into this witness thing. It does, but she, she, needed, has to she needed that push. She has to accept it because she's a witness no matter what. With a capital W. With a capital W. Yes. So uh, Frank calls, and everybody's miraculously recovered. And, um, you know, we flash to them, and they're having their little bro moment at the end of it. <laughs> uh, and Abby knows that it's been difficult for him to adjust, and she was worried he'd stay with the colony, too. So that they very much gave us that vibe on purpose, I'm sure. Right, and, and we see the tables turn a little bit, whereas all this time... Ichabod's been trying to convince Abby this is where she belongs. Mm-hmm. And here we see the tables have turned and she's convincing him. I don't know that he really needed much convincing because, well, the colony's not really there. Right. But she's giving him that level Your of place is comfort. Here with me. Yeah, I yeah. want you here. You should be here. Yeah. And so we finally see that turnaround. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're getting on a more a level playing field. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. And um, he says the quality that he, of it. He, he wants to go home. He calls it home. <laughs> and uh, the last thing we see is uh, <laughs> this is just bizarre to me because I picture, um, I picture the daytime of what the, the reality of this is. But we see nighttime, 
and death rises from the river and joins his horse. So With I, his lovely, I'm, lovely red eyes on the horse. I'm just picturing death under the water, just kind of standing there waiting for the sun to go down. <laughs> because he can't come out in the sun. We've seen that. Right. So he's just kind of hanging out. I didn't in even think river. about that. Oh, God. I mean, like, it's, I could see being, like, like reburying himself every night. Like, even a vampire He's not even in thing. the casket under no. the water. He's just kind of standing there. <laughs> so I just... I just that image just I don't, mm. yeah, it's that's hilarious yeah so um so overall i i thought this was a good one i thought um we're seeing abby more and more uh accept this whole like she's coming into her own yeah this whole thing um we get to see another horseman Yay. or a horsewoman that'd be really cool if if they kind of went into the horse, horse person the horse people's backstories <laughs> more yeah um, cause you know, we've, we've been f- so focused on death because that was the way to tie in the headless horseman. Cause it's, it is sleepy hollow. It is sleepy all. hollow. Yes. So, but we do, you know, I don't want to forget that there are three other kind of cool possible Well, I think things. the entire concept of the headless horseman being death, the fact that they originally tied it into the horseman of the apocalypse, I just thought that was originally really cool. Yeah, to to because that really opened up so many possibilities for this show beyond just and there's this headless horseman and there's a horseman and there's this chick Ichabod wants to marry and that's the original yeah. story which totally sucks. Yeah, the original. Now story. that I see this, it kind of sucks. Yeah, sorry, Washington <laughs> Irving. That's it's not that great. <laughs> Washington to, Irving, Frank Irving. Yes, huh? I huh? think that huh? was on purpose. Oh, I know. You, it's got to be. I know. It, it would have. It would be really stupid if it wasn't on purpose. Am I right? But um, so I, I thought this was a good one. I think it not as good, good as not as good as the Lesser Key of Solomon. Do you think that's because you like that? You like that um, subject mythology more? better or more? Yeah. Um, possibly. I think I. Well, there's more to know about it. I connected better. To, yeah. For lack of a better to connect. Uh, to it more than the Roanoke. The Roanoke Colony, there's so little that we do know about it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. But, yeah, I do think that's why yeah. I found I like the other one better. Yeah. So I, I, I really like the Roanoke part. I thought that was really cool. Um, it now kind of makes me want to look up um, other, like, that era mysteries yeah. that we could kind of weave in. Because there's so many possibilities. And, plus, they could always go down the road of just, Straight up making shit up. <laughs> Which they did in the first few episodes. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, so at least there wasn't some random, you know, bad Native American reference. So would you consider this a Monster of the Week episode? <sighs> Technically, it's really not. It's not because Pestilence isn't... I, I would consider Monster of the Week somebody that's easily tied up with a bow at the end of the week. Yeah, it comes and goes in that episode where Pestilence, Pestilence is, is still around. is a part of the bigger arc. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I would say no, but I liked it. Well, this is what this is episode five, so yes. we're not quite halfway through the season. Yeah, because the first season was a short one. Yeah, it was a thirteen. Thirteen episodes, right? Which is very apropos. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you want to add anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks.